Hi, this is Karen Hudson from Illinois Citizens for Clean Air and Water. You're listening to Smart Talk. The Mike Nowak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. I'm a dairy farmer. Thank you. Appreciate that. Bunch of lactose intolerant, non-cheesy vegans. Any vegans? Too weak to raise your hand. (laughs) I grew up on a farm. I was the youngest of six kids. The other five starved to death. (laughs) My mom homeschooled all of us. My brother got held back twice. (laughs) Now he's a congressman. Some of you didn't go to school, didn't get that joke. I remember my first sleepover at a friend's house. I ran home six miles down a dirt road in my scooby-doo underoos when my friend's mom said it was time to put us to sleep. That means something different to a farm kid, right? That's, That's permanent. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas, wind blowing through breathing trees, strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. Good planets are in the main. Right. And it was a dark and stormy morning in, and I even have, oh, I had it here a second ago. I was going to show everybody the radar that my interactive radar there's there's where the stuff is i know it's sort of glary there but you, it's all just south of the city there's big old blob of rain um uh, on here and uh we got some of it here what did we get about an eighth of an inch of rain uh you got uh nothing up there in highland park nope. right, peggy nope um about uh 10 minutes of light rain yesterday afternoon and absolutely nothing overnight or this morning. Well, there you go. Uh, with the, and there were warnings about get ready. We're going to, we might have some storms coming through and we did, we did, we did have some storms. Yeah. And if you're South, we had some storms coming through. That's right. And my kitty was hiding under the couch <laughs> when I woke up this morning. Yeah. Poor little Lagata. Um, she <laughs> just does not like that at all, but uh, we're coming off uh, another, wow. A nasty, Hot day. We've got we've had some some brutal weather here in the heartland. 
Uh, and that's why today we're going to be talking about your trees with our friends at Bartlett Tree Experts. Um, as you know, a sponsor, a proud sponsor of the Mike. Well, we're proud to have them as a sponsor on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And we got a newbie here. So we get, we get to do some hazing this morning. Okay. <laughs> Careful. With, uh, well, yeah, we, we should be careful because he's a PhD, so you don't want to haze him too much, and uh, we might get in trouble for it. Uh, but uh, Chad Rigsby is with us today, and we'll get to him in a second and talk about your tree issues. And don't forget, you can, you can always follow us on Facebook. We're streaming live right now. We're streaming on uh, the YouTubes. No, Facebook. That's it. Uh, the Facebook and the YouTubes. Is that and- like Sunblock? Um, something like that. Where I'm trying to figure out how to block Facebook, <laughs> um, but uh, we're streaming there, so you can send your comments, post your comments there. We'll try to get to some questions if we can. You could still call. We still have a phone number because you don't call my house. It goes to the radio station, even though Peggy and I are sitting in our in our comfortably in our homes here in a very dark morning. I I moved the umbrella out of the way of the skylight today. And I actually looking rather dramatic this morning. Yeah. I had to put some extra light here just so uh, I had, so I could could actually be seen on the show this morning for those of you watching the live video stream. Uh, But send us a a, a tweet uh, or a Facebook uh, comment or call 877-711-5611. I don't give out the phone number very much anymore, but it's there. Uh, you can uh, always be on the phone with us. Before we get to Chad, however, we need to do a quick hit for uh, the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards 60-second video challenge. And I, what I should do is yell back to Kathleen, how many do we have posted now? Do you know? Okay. All right, we've got a few posted right now, more ready to go up. And basically what you do is you go out into your yard, you do a video, 60 seconds. We had we had a couple that were long. Where what what the, the committee here, actually the tech committee, has decided if you go, if you're like one minute and one second, uh, we'll probably let you go. We'll probably even let you go with one minute and two seconds. But you skip to 105 now, we're saying, nah, you gotta you gotta uh... rate it in, okay? Um, we want to be generous because it's, this is all for fun, but show us your garden, go out in the yard, take a video of your garden. And then you just go to the Chicago excellence in gardening award website, which is Chicago gardening awards.org. And, uh, you upload it and then we upload it to YouTube and then people vote on them. So, uh, and it could be a series of photos put into a video too. It doesn't have to be a narrated video. Ah, with, do a video. Fancy. That's just too much time. That's too much effort yeah, to do but, the photos. But you don't need big, fancy everything, just a video. Well, yeah, just go out there with your camera, do something fun, try to be creative because you want to get some votes. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, we hope folks will do that. It's a little bit of a slow start, but uh, we're, we're ramping up. And uh, there will be more. And we're going to do this through the end of September uh, and give away valuable Wally prizes. And you can be anywhere. It's not just city of Chicago. A a good point. That's right. It can be uh, anywhere at all uh, in the country or or the world for that matter. I'd love to see a garden from uh, Mozambique. Is that even a country anymore? (laughs) It's probably not. Uh, Madagascar. How about that? There There you go. go. Um, and uh, uh, so 
we hope you take advantage. Again, go to chicagogardeningawards.org and you can find all of the information there. Uh, so that takes us to trees and uh, the middle of the summer. And welcome, Chad Rigsby, PhD. Um, and uh, Chad, why don't you give us a little bit of your background? Well, first of all, thanks, Mike and Peggy, for having me. I've been looking forward to this all week. Um, and bring on the hazing. Let's go. Let's see what you got. <laughs> Uh, so I am a, uh, a research scientist and technical support specialist with uh, the Bartlett Tree Research Laboratories. Um, we are an arboriculture company, plant healthcare company, and we have a research laboratory that does research and technical support for our company and for landscape partners and for clients. Um, asking questions about how to best take care of trees uh, and. Uh, things along those lines. Uh, I got my PhD at Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio, which is sort of a uh, mid-size university there uh, in Ohio, uh, asking questions about uh, emerald ash borer uh, interactions with ash trees. Everybody knows about emerald ash borer, invasive mm -hmm. tree-killing insect. I sure hope um, they do by now. We've killed, we've killed enough ash trees. I hope people know that there's something out there that is killing our ash trees. You'd be surprised. There are some folks who still are like, what is this emerald ash borer thing? But right. uh, yeah, uh, did my PhD at Wright State University, spent a couple of years out on the East Coast at the University of Rhode Island, uh, studying another system, hemlock and hemlock woolly adelgid, asking similar questions and found myself uh, with the Bartlett Labs. Uh, woolly adelgid, that's, uh, that's kind of an East Coast thing, isn't it? I, uh, I don't hear a lot about that in the Midwest. It is. It is primarily uh, an East Coast thing, though I, it's in Michigan, for sure. Okay. Uh, they deal with it a lot. They've got a lot of native hemlock up north and along the west coast, the Lake Michigan shoreline uh, in Michigan. So it's, it's hot and heavy there. They have, a, they have a heck of a time dealing with it. Well, does that mean, uh, I, I assume we don't have a lot of hemlock here in Illinois, um, or Indiana or Iowa, uh, those areas, right? Correct. There are a few island populations that it's amazing. These little tiny populations of hemlock, hemlock have survived uh, in little gorges and things like that in Ohio and a little pocket in Indiana. But for the most part, it's Great Lakes region, East Coast, Appalachia, uh, and I mean, Great Lakes as in, you know, Lake Superior, the UP sure. of Michigan. Yeah. So we've got the wrong tree species for the woolly adelgid. Yes, in terms of how the tree responds to the insect, uh, it basically starts self-destructing uh, over time with enough infestation. Uh, the, the adelgid will make its way onto the tree and just multiply and multiply over time it's basically sucking the life out of these trees and mm -hmm. at some at some point the tree just sort of uh uh sets turns on all of its self-destruct mechanisms and it's just a downward spiral from there wow that's really we need to break here but that's interesting that mechanism in the tree maybe we can talk about that when we come back and when we return we're also going to talk about heat about watering your trees maybe needle cast and some other uh diseases diseases are always fun uh, not as fun as critters, but they are fun. That's uh, Chad Rigby <laughs> from Bartlett 
tree experts. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we will be right back. We continue to live in interesting and challenging times. As we've learned over the past few months, something as important as tree care can be made much more difficult by unexpected events like the COVID-19 pandemic. Bartlett Tree Experts understands that and has made safety their number one consideration. But that's not surprising because safety has always been their number one concern and will continue to be their concern as we move into the next phases of this crisis. Something else we've learned over this time is that people love their trees and from a safe distance have been eager to talk to Bartlett Arborist representatives, whether from the safety of their porch or through a window or over the phone. They also know that Bartlett can make outside areas safer from ticks, which are having a banner year thanks to a mild winter. Bottom line, the folks at Bartlett Tree Experts want to say thank you to their customers for loving trees and understanding that every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. You want to install a solar energy system for your home, but you're afraid you'll be overwhelmed by choices and jargon. You need to talk to our friends at Albright Solar. Albright Solar offers a boutique, hands-on approach to your situation. They know the ins and outs of local solutions. They take the confusion out of the process and make solar simple, giving you the confidence to enjoy your investment. Harness the power of the sun. Go to albright.solar or call 773-887-6446. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. If you're looking for something to literally spice up a meal, look no further than Backyard Patch Herbs. They grow, harvest, dry, and blend their herb mixes. And they're chemical-free. No gluten, no salt, and no preservatives. Dips, dressings, rubs, cooking mixes, soup mixes, herbal teas, and more. Use the code MIKE10 and get 10% off your purchase. Go to BackyardPatch.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at MikeNovak.net. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. Joe's Blues brings Michigan's sweetest naturally grown pesticide-free blueberries to Chicago with 12 CSA drop-off sites in the area or get them at Chicago farmers markets. Joe's Blues also sells zero and low sugar blueberry preserves, pure dried berries, 35% cream ice cream, moisturizing soap, and more. Sign up now for safe social distancing you pick events this year. Go to joesblueberries.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at mikenovak.net. Since 2001, DiveHeart has been revolutionizing rehabilitation using zero gravity and scuba therapy to give confidence, independence, self-esteem, and yes, freedom to children, veterans, and others with disabilities. At DiveHeart, we believe in the power of partnership because together we can do great things. Let DiveHeart help you imagine the possibilities in your life. Go to DiveHeart.org to learn more. And I just uh, found the theme song for Bartlett Tree Experts. I bet you guys, you guys play this all the time in your classes, don't you? So you're probably really used to that song, Chad Rigsby. This plays every morning in the shop right before all the arborists are about to go out for the day. Because they tend to forget the parts of the trees, roots, branches, leaves, eh, etc. I keep it all, all of it straight. Right, right. That is uh, Chad Rigsby, Ph.D., Dr. Chad. 
I think that's what it's going to be. Dr. Chad. Um, that's okay. That's okay with you. And uh, he is with Bartlett uh, Tree Research Laboratories at the Morton Arboretum. Now, we know about the, the research laboratories in North Carolina because Peggy and I were there. In fact, we met you there a couple of years ago. Uh, what a great learning opportunity that was for both of us. And for a lot of arborists all over the world, we, we met arborists from everywhere there. Uh, what's the difference between the laboratories there and the one at the Morton Arboretum? Well, so the research laboratory down in Charlotte, it's down in Charlotte, North Carolina, and that's where sort of the center mass of our uh, research and technical support operations are. That's where the majority of our PhD level research scientists are. Uh, so they're based there, provide support uh, internationally. Uh, but then we have a, a, a few of us who are more regionally focused. Uh, we have a, a colleague of mine on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, and now me in the middle. And Bartlett has a, a fantastic relationship with the Morton Arboretum. Uh, we, we just get along so, so well. We have a lot of shared values. And it was sort of this natural uh, thing to say, Hey, we, we need somebody to provide research and technical support in the Midwest. Anyways, we get along great with you guys. How about we team up, we collaborate, we work on stuff together. And so I kind of squirted in there into the Morton and am <laughs> able to, to work with some fantastic scientists there. Yeah, You're, you're the young punk that got in the door, put his, stuck his foot in the door and said, Hey, Hey, no, 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 no. I'm not going away. He said, I'm here. That's right. I, yeah, exactly. uh, so w- during the break, um, we have various people watching us uh, on uh, the face block. And <laughs> um, two of them are the Scots, Scott Stewart from uh, Millennium Park Foundation. Uh, the other is Scott Jameson, also from Bartlett Tree Experts. Uh, Scott Jameson said that it's been a terrible year for Magnolia scale. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. Magnolia scale is one of those pesky pests it really is it's uh it sort of lurks in the shadows and then all of a sudden it's there and it's it's raining this sticky uh it's called honeydew uh sticky substance that's, it's raining the, te- that's the technical term right honeydew the, the technical is it, term is there what is there actually a technical term for honeydew honeydew that's, that's I, it. okay that's pretty much it right yeah um, but it just makes a mess of things. Uh, this this sugary honeydew promotes the uh, the growth of um, sooty mold fungus. It just makes everything look unsightly. It covers everything. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like I said, it's one of those things that just creeps up on you, and all of a sudden you've got magnolia scale and honeydew everywhere. Uh, the the timing to deal with this this insect has sort of a peculiar life cycle. And it makes it a little difficult to manage. And by the time you start seeing that honeydew and that sooty mold and the, the branches of your magnolia start turning black, it's really too late to do anything about it that year. Um, you you kind of have to wait until the dormant season or it, later in the summer to do anything about it. So uh, can it affect the tree or is it just unsightly? Over time, it will. If you just leave it and let that that real severe sort of those severe symptoms just go for a length of time, your tree will start declining. It's not the scale though, usually that takes out the magnolia. Mm -hmm. It's other stressors that start becoming an issue, more serious stressors like uh, wood boring insects and cankers and 
uh, root problems. We have, uh, okay, does the, um, uh, the area where you're growing your magnolia have something to do with that? I, I used to think of magnolia as a southern tree and that this was like the northern range of it uh, ab about Illinois and that sort of thing. But I know that there are magnolias that have survived here for a long time. Is that still the same or is magnolia becoming more prevalent and do we have varieties that can uh, deal with cold better up here? I, right now, I think the the cultivars that are available are still the cult, the ones that have been available for a long time are still the ones and the species that have, that are available. Uh, it's not really changed a whole lot. Mm -hmm. The, I think more importantly is where the magnolia is on the property. If it's on the south side of the house or, or some structure and gets bombarded by summer sun and the sun reflects off of the, the building and heats it up even more, um, it's, it, plays a, it plays a role there uh, in, as far as how, how quickly scales can build up uh, the scale population can build up on your your mm -hmm. plants for sure. So you're and saying that that if if it has a southern exposure, it's it's more vulnerable. It could, yes, it could it could be complicated by water stress issues, and a lot of these issues are tied together. And once once one domino falls, it's easier for other dominoes to fall. Um, but yeah, these can sort of uh, accumulate and compound on each other to make the situation work worse all right we only we only have about a minute here before we break again but we'll be back for a longer segment uh tell us a little bit that's that's a, a an insect but there are also diseases that have hit this year and anthracnose is one of them isn't it absolutely i i've taken a a, a few road trips um fortunately staying at uh not in hotels right now staying with family members yeah uh, but it was able to take a road trip uh, through through the Midwest and anthracnose is a uh, uh, foliar disease that has just hit trees all over the Midwest really hard. Uh, this is a this is a, a disease that's promoted by wet springs, and we've had an incredibly wet spring, uh, record breaking in the Chicago area in May. And that wet, cool weather, you have a lot of fungal spores out in the environment, and anything that can get infected has gotten infected. Not right. a fatal disease, though. Okay. Uh, let's uh, ha hang on to that thought. We'll be right back. Chad Rigsby, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but Summit Mosquito Dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. Just float an organic mosquito dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, mosquito dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. Our friends at Eden Place Farms are offering affordable local CSA shares with a twist. You pay for these organically grown boxes of vegetables each week as you receive them. You can skip deliveries without penalty and even get custom orders to eliminate allergens and unwanted items. Best of all, you're supporting a Chicago-based operation whose goal is to provide affordable, high-quality organic produce to the region. Go to EdenPlaceFarms.org or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at MikeNovak.net. 
Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. The folks at Prairie Fruits Farm and Creamery raise more than 100 goats on their Champaign, Illinois farm. The herd is pasture-based, the goat milk is seasonal, and they're animal welfare approved by A Greener World. They offer a wide range of fresh shove, including plain, herbs Provence, cracked peppercorn, and seasonal flavors. Try one of their exquisite bloomies or a goat milk feta. Go to prairiefruits.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at mikenovak.net. COVID-19 messed with a lot of things this year, but the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Award still wants to see your garden. SEGA announces the 60-second garden video challenge. Take your cell phone or camera out to your yard and show us in one creative minute why your garden is special. SEGA will post the videos on their YouTube page where viewers can vote for their favorite gardens. And yes, there will be prizes. Go to chicagogardeningawards.com or click the logo at mikenovak.net. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. That's the tree song by a guy named Ken Medema. Uh, that's a little more straightforward. Uh, I, I was uh, out on the used tubes looking for tree songs, and most of them are dippy. I, I'm sorry to say, Chad, um, they they just are. People, you know, they revere their trees, and I want something funny and kind of offbeat. But we got the, the one we we'll play next. I think uh, you'll appreciate. Uh, yeah, well, there's just no songs about scale and anthracnose. And- <laughs> <laughs> I've looked, although I've looked for songs about insects. When we're talking insects, uh, I, I I look for those too, and and mostly they're kids songs, um, which that's fine with me. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely <laughs> fine. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and thank you, Kathleen, for turning on the overhead lights. I felt like I I was in a cave here. I, I couldn't even read my script um here because uh <laughs> and i meant to get my glasses and they're they're hiding somewhere around here so uh but at least i have a little more light we're we're with chad rigsby phd from bartlett tree experts and we're talking about uh insect and disease questions uh, i want to mention right away because one of our uh viewers on facebook uh wanted us to talk about something that's happening right now in this area um, there's going to be a vote in Chicago in city council to establish an urban forestry advisory board. Uh, apparently, um, Alderman Scott Wagesback, Alderman George uh, Cardenas, and uh, Samantha Nugent, Alderman Nugent, introduced the urban forestry advisory board uh, or the UFAB, which would establish a board of experts and policymakers to guide the city's urban forest management policies. This is supported by our friends at Open Lands. Um, and what I want to do, uh, Kayla, our assistant, is uh, listening and watching. If we could post that, get that on Twitter right now uh, and on Facebook again. Uh, it's a post I put up uh, a couple of days ago, I guess just a day to, ago. Um, if you can find that, Kayla, and retweet and repost uh, so people know they can sign a petition. You can email your alder critter uh, as well, and you can even get an advocacy toolkit. I've got all those links on the post. Uh, if, you, if you're at the Mike Novak Show on Facebook, you just scroll down a little bit until you see the uh, 
graphic and the graphic says sign the petition chicago needs an urban forestry advisory board and chad i have to say why wouldn't you have an urban forestry advisory board especially in chicago i believe the city of chicago is uh in terms of larger cities in the, in the United States, has one of the lowest percent tree covers. And we know uh, there's so many quantifiable benefits, meaning you can measure these benefits to having trees in terms of property value, uh, quality of life, human health, things like that. So a, an advisory board to sort of help guide how the city, you know, um, has, has, uh, policy there. It's a terrific idea. Yeah. So let's get on it. I guess they're going to have a vote very soon. I think it's Wednesday, Wednesday. Uh, So please write to your alder critter, um, sign the petition. Mm -hmm. I signed the petition. I just posted it to the Facebook stream and Kayla's putting it up on Twitter. Yay. Okay. And and maybe even on Instagram, if, if we get, if we get really ambitious after the show (laughs) Uh, and, and then let's sign up for TikTok so we can do that as well. Uh, all right we're, no, you have to dance and sing for that i am not dancing and singing for anybody uh oh i sing i'll sing but you got you got to throw money my way uh <laughs> welcome back to the show we were talking diseases isn't that fun we're talking diseases and insects uh but that's what you do on a show like ours right you're doing this uh, peggy no i was doing that of of um because audrey is 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 embellishing about the woodpecker holes in her pine trees all right, let's get to that in a second. We're going to get to that question. I want to uh, finish with uh, anthracnose, which you said developed because it was a cool, wet spring, uh, mainly wet, right? Does it matter whether it's cool? It, it does matter that it's cool, but I think, Mike, you're right. Uh, it's really the wet, the, the moisture in the air, the precipitation. Um, so incredibly wet spring in the Midwest uh, record setting in the month of May in Chicago, record setting, I believe, in Ohio in March, uh, promotes these, these foliar fungal diseases and thracnose being a major one. But I think it's important to point out that these, these types, for the most part, foliar diseases are not lethal. They're not going to kill your tree. If you let them go uh, just year after year, they will eventually start spiraling out and bringing in these, these other issues like wood borers and more serious issues and that will eventually usually take the tree out the fungal diseases in themselves will not kill the tree uh usually but these are are, are usually aesthetic issues mm-hmm. at least initially and what happens is because i want I, i'm telling you chad as a scientist you need to come to my parkway in front of my house I've talked about this many times on the show, but it's still the case. It's, it's a remarkable situation. Uh, on my parkway, the city of Chicago, in all its infinite wisdom, decided to put not one tree, but two trees, okay? And they're both hybrid elms of some kind, all right? And so I, I figured that was done. I mean, they were here when I got here 20 years ago. So probably I'm thinking about 25 years ago, they put these hybrid elms up there. The Western one, gets anthracnose every year just covered with it and and the leaves fall down um they you know they're all over the sidewalk and in the parkway and i have to clean it up and and then it's done and then the tree moves on for the rest of the year the one on the eastern side does not get anthracnose 
And that's the one I want. If I could girdle the one on the, on the <laughs> right, I would do it. Um, because it also just shades out my whole parkway. It's hard to grow anything there, but it's, it's remarkable that you have, and you can tell the difference between the, uh, the leaves. One, the one on the West is the leaves are slightly smaller. The one on, on the East, they're slightly larger mm-hmm. and it just behaves so differently. It's kind of a remarkable thing. You should come out and take a look at it. It sounds like you found us a nice uh, research site to do some trials on uh, anthracnose management. <laughs> you should. I'm the Mike Novak Research Lab. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. if you find something interesting, you can name it after me. How's that? Uh, Deal. <laughs> all right. Deal. <laughs> uh, and uh, see, I've always wanted to have a scientific something or other named after me. <laughs> Novakii um, pathogen. Um, anyway. Uh, it's a pathogen. <laughs> Yeah, I, I am a you pathogen. You want a pathogen named after you. I am a pathogen, okay? There you go. Um, so go things ahead. like tar, tar spot on maples, is that also fall into the anthracnose or is that a little different? It's a little different. A uh, different set of fungi cause that. Also, very much not a tree killer. Uh, there's silver maple that will get tar spot year oh, after yeah. year after year for years. Generally not a problem, but an aesthetic issue. I've known people who cut down their silver maples because they had tar spot. I, I know. And you're going, Ooh, I, 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 was, yeah. I was at a garden talk and I had a woman come up to me after the talk and said, well, what do you do about uh, tar spot? And I said, well, it's, it's a cosmetic thing. You know, you, you clean up the area and, and try to monitor it. And she said, we have it all over our neighborhood. And I said, well, do you have a lot of silver maples? She says, that's all we have. And I went, first of all, monoculture, that's not a good, so your city well, was pretty dumb in putting all silver maples in your neighborhood. And she said, yeah, one, one woman just got so tired of it. She just cut down all of her silver maples. I said, mm. um, that's kind of overreacting actually. Extreme. Uh, yeah. yeah, it is extreme. Uh, so, and that's the point you make about these kinds of diseases. Often they're cosmetic and little else, right, Chad? Correct. Yeah, especially the foliar diseases, the insects that feed on the foliage. Foliage, if you think about it, I call it nature's potato chip. It's incredibly cheap from a carbon perspective. Um, There's not a whole lot that the tree has to do to, to put into that foliage. It's like a little cheap little solar panel. And so most of the trees out there, except maybe if you're a conifer, a little bit of damage, whatever, shrug it off. It's fine. I'll recover. Uh, so they're, they're not major issues. They are cosmetic. They are aesthetic issues though. Okay. we got two minutes before we break again. Let's talk about the woodpeckers really quickly. Uh, Peggy, uh, we had a question, right? Yeah. The question is um, just lots and lots of woodpecker holes all the way around on pine trees. And is, there any, is this a um, something to be managed? Is it a problem or just let it go? So my advice would be you have to keep that pine as healthy as you can possibly keep it. Make sure it's irrigated. Make sure it has a nice layer, uh, two to three inches of mulch. Make sure you have um, what we call cultural uh, uh, cultural issues, I guess, uh, solved. Make sure the root flare is nicely exposed. But what that is, I'm willing to, to guess because I've, I've seen it so often, If especially if these are little woodpecker holes in straight lines uh that's what that's called a sap sucker and what that is is it's it's pecking little holes to try and draw insects in to those wounds to feed on them 
And we have a uh, researcher down at our lab in Charlotte who uh, this, this is a, something that he's been working on for years. And if you name it, he's tried it. Wrapping trees in burlap. Uh, his most recent attempt was to hang uh, plastic fake snakes in the trees <laughs> to try and scare away the sap suckers. Just nothing. That's like putting out party balloons, though. <laughs> right. There's a party over here. Come and come and join. Uh, but this is these sap suckers. They're just going to come and they're going to do that. There's really yep. nothing that we can do uh, except keep the tree health as healthy as you can. Okay, that's boy, your timing is good. We got to take a break here. Chad Rick from Bartlett. Go to uh, Bartlett.com. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. If you're an omnivore, there's an alternative to factory farmed meats. Cedar Valley Sustainable Farms CSA brings you beef, pork, chicken, and eggs, all raised humanely, drug and hormone-free, with respect for the earth and the animals. And since the start of the COVID-19 emergency, they've been doing non-contact pickup at delivery locations throughout the city and suburbs. Go to cedarvalleysustainable.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at mikenovak.net. More than ever, Chicagoans are looking for trusted resources to help them lead a healthier, more sustainable lifestyle. I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakenings, still Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach people that support this growing market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our readers are truly committed to improving their health, leading greener lives, and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, organic foods, health products, relaxation options, fitness and yoga classes, green landscapers, energy efficiency experts, and more. Our readers pick up their free copies of Natural Awakenings each month, or they read it on our website because they know it's our area's best source for reliable information about healthy green living. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more and check us out at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Portrait of a radio show. This is not exactly a gardening or an environment or a local food program. It's all of them. You're entering another dimension. A dimension where information about the why and the who and the where are just as important as the how. And it's funny. I don't get that part. You've just entered the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki Zone on the Smart Talk Radio Network. Oh, my goodness. Mario Lanza. Let's give it up for Mario Lanza. Uh, (laughs) See, sometimes you do find a good tree song. Uh, And we're talking to Chad Rigsby from Bartlett Tree Experts. As I said before, go to Bartlett.com. I'm going to make a a quick plug uh, for Bartlett, which I'll have to mark on YouTube when I do, uh, because um, I think 
people, um, I don't know why they're hesitant to bring out arborists to their uh, yards uh, and and get a uh, an inspection and a recommendation from uh, uh, an arborist representative because it's they'll come out for free, take a look mm-hmm. at what you got, make recommendations, and then it's up to you to decide. But if I have uh, a tree that's uh, an old growth tree or a ma- very mature tree and it's worth a lot of money in my yard, I want an expert there. I want the best. Uh, Chad, do, do you agree with that? Yeah, I I, I don't take my uh, car to uh, a Joe Schmo's garage somewhere. I don't call just anybody to do plumbing. I think uh, we we deal with trees every day and we've we have the knowledge base. Uh, so it's have someone come out if you're suspecting something or just a, for a general overall check on the, on the tree, have an ISA certified, that's International Society of Arboriculture, uh, ISA certified arborist come out and inspect the tree for you. Yeah. And if you're listening in an area where Bartlett doesn't have offices, find, find another certified arborist, make sure they're certified. Skeet always says that you want a certified arborist. You don't want the guy. I saw a guy with a truck and a ladder and a saw recently in my neighborhood. And I went, Ooh, okay. No, 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 not that guy. Uh, but please get somebody reputable to come in. And in my, in our case, because Bartlett has offices here and in Minnesota and in Pennsylvania and a bunch of places across the country, uh, I say, call Bartlett, go, go to Bartlett.com. You type in your, uh, your zip code and they'll point you in the right direction. So we've only got a, a few minutes here. And, and during the break, we were talking about conifers uh, because conifer, and you had just had some great information in general about conifers. Everybody wants that conifer in their yard, but there are reasons why they don't succeed. Talk about that a little bit, Chad. Right. So I think uh, Mike, you put it, and I think you stole this from somebody. I'm not going to give you total credit for this, but Uh-oh. it's called Colorado blue spruce for a reason, right? Yes, I uh, so, stole it from Jim Schuster at the University of Illinois. Right. So uh, these are, a lot of these trees, whether you're talking about Scott's pine, Austrian pine, blue spruce, uh, these are these are trees that usually are zone, plant hardiness zone three trees. So this is, these are cold winters. Um, in the case of blue spruce, it is a dry zone three. So uh, well-drained soils, uh, not a lot of wet weather other than snow. And we've taken them and planted them historically in what was a wet zone five. So we're, we're getting warmer, uh, we're getting wetter, and now really we're not zone five anymore. In the Chicago area, we're not zone five, we're zone six. So it's hotter, it's wetter, and I think that's, that's the important thing to keep in mind is that it's wetter, uh, promoting all these fungal disease issues. And the hotter usually uh, promotes a lot of insect issue, uh, pest issues. So if you're going to get a conifer for your yard, uh, please consult somebody who knows what's going to happen, what the final disposition of this tree is going to be, how unhappy it's going to be in 10 or 15 years, and then you're going to have to plant, replant uh, all over again. The other thing I want to talk about, you talk about hot, dry, wet. Um, let's really quickly uh, watering schemes. If we're in a really dry period, there are different watering schemes for young trees and old trees, aren't there? Absolutely. You have a young, uh, newly planted tree. Like for instance, if you just planted something this spring, uh, 
assuming that you you planted it sort of the way that we would prefer you to plant it, which is to fix any root defects, shallow hole, exposed root flare, all those things. It's a whole show uh, by itself, tree planting. Sure. Um, young trees need a lot, a lot of water. And there should be, uh, you should put down a soaker hose and be irrigating those trees, those shrubs regularly. Um, as you, as a tree becomes uh, larger, more established, like I have a 30 inch white oak in my front yard, they're going to need less water. They're going to be better. Though that root system is going to be more developed. It's going to have the ability to um, uh, deal with uh, heat and drought uh, more efficiently. Uh, so they'll need less water. At times, they will need water. If you're going through an extreme drought, yeah, you might need to irrigate uh, a larger tree. But how, it's, how do you know that? How do you know that with a larger tree? You know with a small one, you need to get out there, get a uh, soaker hose, or a dri- if you don't have a soaker hose, just a drip. Just trickle the, trickle the water out of the end of your uh, hose there. But what about a mature tree? How do you know when a mature tree really needs some water? It can be tough. I mean, you when you start seeing uh, drought symptoms like... Um, foliage that's kind of wilting and, and sort of laying a little bit instead of being nice and uh, nice and out. Um, that That's a good sign, uh, wilting foliage a little bit. Uh, once it starts browning, yeah, that might, that might be a little too late in the game. Um, it, it is tough to tell, really. There's, I'd say when you start seeing probably wilting symptoms or any, anything that basically looks makes the tree look off color or a little wilty. And what I've heard is you don't do it uh, for a mature tree. You don't do it at the base. That's what you do for a new tree. Uh, I've heard you can do quadrants out at the drip line. Does that make sense? Exactly. Because that root system goes out from the trunk uh, probably two to three or more times um, the the, uh, size of the drip line. So where your canopy is, the roots go way, way out further than that. So you can go out away from the trunk. Uh, The density of roots is very high right near that trunk. And as you go out to the drip line, the root density decreases a little bit. Right at the drip line, there's a little bump of uh, root density because that's where the water drips. Ah. Uh, And then it starts decreasing again. So yeah, it's fine. Put it, put it out away from the trunk. That's something something I did not know about the little bump along the drip line. That is so cool. Uh, Listen, we're we're done. You made it through. uh, (laughs) He survived us. He got the hazing out of the way. That Chad Rigsby, PhD, thank you so much. Uh, you can find a lot of information on my blog. Go to MikeNovak.net. But if you need tree care done, go to Bartlett.com. Don't be afraid. They're there to help you. Bring, bring somebody out. Take, have them take a look at your trees. Chad, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Mike. Peggy, it was great to be with you. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. For those of you on the network, go green or go home. Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. 
lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good tools and to make welcome me welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki and boy... Um, this is one of those hours that I think I'm, I'm just going to put my feet up and kick back and we'll, we'll see that guy in the, the left corner of the screen. No, he's not up on the screen yet. No, he's not up on the screen yet. Okay. Put that guy up on the screen because, uh, folks who, uh, for those of you listening in other places in the universe, um, other than Chicago and, uh, might not know the history here, that is Ron Calgill. Uh, he is the proprietor of Mighty House Home Improvement Radio, and he and, he and I have yes, you got a ding here. No, here and here's uh, here's one just for you, Ron. Shut up, Wesley. All right, there we go. So thanks, you, Mike Novak. You you've got to uh, be prepared because uh, that. Mike thanks, Mike, Mike Novak. There you thanks. go. That's the one I was. That's for. the one. We still have so many people who they when they write to me on Facebook or social media of any kind or email, so they'll, they'll they'll add a thanks, Mike Novak. To uh, <laughs> it's just it's it's almost it's almost a curse. Thanks, Mike Novak. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> there we go. Isn't it amazing though? I I figured out how to even play the sound effects mm-hmm. from here. So this and is, that sound effect has followed you. It has followed me for about a, a decade now. So uh, kind of like chewing gum on your shoe. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like that. So anyway, Ron Calgill uh, is the the host of Mighty House Home Improvement Radio, and he and I have uh, occupied radio shows, uh, and I mean occupied uh, <laughs> at, at a couple of different radio stations together. And so our careers are sort of um, our our so called careers are are sort uh intertwined um and he was at progresso radio with me and uh and then it's wcgo and just left uh last uh at the end of uh 2019 uh yep. to go off into the intertubes and do what he's going to do um yep. and you still do shows on the intertubes although you've kind of cut back on that because this is crazy in the covid19 universe you've got more work than you can handle right now Yes. It, and, and that's kind of what happened is, you know, June came around. Rich was also who's a co-host of the show. Rich he, Cowgill. No relation. Correct. Was Go, in, go figure. Uh, two home improvement guys named Cowgill, Rich and Ron. Come on. That's yeah. that's like a sitcom. It, it could be. But uh, Rich and I both believe we're too ugly to get a TV show. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but anyway, he, he was so busy. They had projects going on the East Coast and West Coast down in Florida. So. He was just, he was having trouble even getting to the Wednesday evening podcast that we were doing. So we decided to take the summer off and, and uh, catch up on some things and come back in October. So, so and if folks want to uh, catch uh, Mighty House, where did they go, Ron? Mightyhouse.net, and it's got links to everything there, the, to, the, to the YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all that. All of those things, it's, uh, it's at Mightyhouse.net. All of those things that we hate so much and we talk yes. to each other about constantly that, yes. you know, and, and SEO and all that other garbage that I despise with yes. all, all of my being. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's the modern world of radio. Yes, uh, so the, Ron, of course, also runs a home improvement business. 
uh, which is DR Services Unlimited Inc. Isn't that, I've always wondered, how, how do you get unlimited and ink in the same thing? Uh, you just, all you do is you, when you write the, the state, you tell them this is the name of the company and they yeah, say, I know, okay. but, but isn't that well, redundant? But it's unlimited services. Inc. Correct. Correct. I, I guess. All right. Unlimited. So it's not like comma unlimited uh, like it would be. In- well, it's not the British limited. Right. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Anyway. So, so the, the, the original thought 30 years ago when I started the company was that we would uh, you know, have remodeling home improvement stuff, but we'd also start doing landscaping and stuff and expand into all that. So that that way you would just call us for everything and never really evolved into that completely because I started to realize what running a business was and <laughs> not fun. So, you still got time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I do, but I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, you I'm really, not like, changing the name either. Landscaping is actually really, really hard work, and uh, so is the other stuff you do. And so that's how we know each other. And uh, then the next part of the story is my house, where I'm sitting right now, which Kathleen and I bought in the year 2000, as is, and those are. You use those quotes as is folks do not buy a house. If you're buying it as is, unless you're afraid, be very afraid. Exactly. You know, um, (laughs) unless you know what you're doing. Okay. Uh, Because the first, one of the first, the first winter uh, in the house, we got a bill and it's forced air gas. One of our um, gas bills, for one month was $600, all right? And I began to realize that there were issues here. First of all, there was no insulation of any kind. Now you say, I used to think this was a balloon frame. Do you say this is not a balloon frame? What is this, Ron? It, it is a balloon framed house. Uh, oh, okay. It somebody is. called it something else and said, no, that's not a balloon frame. It's we call it this instead, but it's basically a balloon frame house, right? It's, yeah, which it, it, which means what to people who aren't familiar with Midwest architecture? That means the, the wall studs that are in the exterior walls start at the foundation and go all the way to the roof. So even if you have two stories, uh, those studs still go all the way up. Um, and it's not a platform framing like what's done today. So that, that stud, like if you were to throw something in, drill a hole at the very top on the, on the second floor, it would drop all the way to the basement. So... And, right. Which is very convenient when we're running electrical work in an old house. But lo- less convenient when you're trying to uh, stay warm in Correct. winter or, or cool in the summer. Um, yes. So there was no insulation in the walls. There was no insulation in the attic. There was vermiculite, okay, which, as you know, is asbestos vermiculite. Yes. So early on, we had the guys come in the hazmat suits uh, and take that stuff out one of them actually stepped through the ceiling uh and put a hole in it so we had to fix that i mean and you know they had the wall off with plastic so they could get all that vermiculite out of there and then i and then i went up there myself and rolled out fiberglass insulation bats at about half the value that i should have Mm -hmm. and i i almost killed myself doing that um, and this is about where you enter the picture uh because you you came over to the house and and just kind of and, sh- and said, "Stop that!" Yes, really. Uh, <laughs> and you helped me with a few projects. Yeah. Uh, um, we started uh, addressing 
I call this house a barn, okay, because that's what it used to be. It was a barn in the city, and mm-hmm. it's hundred and it's one hundred and thirty years old. That's the other thing you should know about it. So that's part of the reason all these things are going on here. It had some of the, the original windows um, and no insulation and a basement that leaks, and you know, on and on and on. Uh, and then Ron started helping me. One of the first things we did is we foamed the basement. Tell me about that process. What were we we doing there? So. It, you know, I, I guess if, you know, when you walk around in your kilt in the winter and how that cold air kind of just blows up underneath your kilt, yep. that's just, that's the same principle in your basement. You're letting all that cold air get in. So, um, and then that just helps the chimney effect, which is warm air wants to rise. So if you, if you have uh, openings around the, the, in your basement, then as that warm air rises, it will bring in the cold air from outside. So it'll just, it, it just helps that chimney effect and it speeds it up. So by going around the perimeter of your basement and where those floor joists and the exterior perimeter, where those sit on the foundation, you air seal that with uh, foam insulation. And those, those smaller packs you can pick up at um, Menards or places like that, the big box stores. And uh, they're about three to 400 bucks. And you can just spray those in yourself. Uh, and so we've got a video on YouTube on the Mighty House page of Mike and I doing that, going around and actually spraying in the perimeter and air sealing that in so that that way it kind of chokes off that chimney effect. It still happened in your house because of all the other leaks in there, but at least in the basement area, we were choking that off so that rise couldn't happen nearly as quickly. Yeah, so that was one step in it, and he made me do a lot of that myself, which, uh, uh, well, it was a learning experience. What can I tell you? (laughs) (laughs) Sucking in all those chemicals, really fun. Yeah, 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 really, it just... Put hair on your chest. uh, I feel so much better. Uh, And then um, you did another thing, like you replaced the the door to the basement, which blew open on a minus 19 day and killed about a, Mm. a, a, a dozen plants in my basement one winter. And I said, we're done with that. So Ron came and he put a real door on my basement, uh, which also, you know, again, every little bit was helping with the airflow in the house, but we realized, oh, and then we added insulation in the attic. We blew in, we finished the job that I had started by myself. You said you need like twice as much to get the, the correct R value and explain R value really quickly. Uh, it's just the resistance to heat, and, and it holds the heat back. So the thicker, the the larger the R value, an R49, which is required here in the Chicagoland area, that's just, that's how long that it takes for that heat to pass through it. So the larger the R value, the the, uh, the more resistance it has. The other thing we did in your attic, though, is we went through an air seal. Uh, we found a bunch of knob and tube in your house, so we had to clean that up. And then we cleaned up the electric, and then we air sealed where all those pipes come through. And, yeah. and, and air seal that so that we can insulate over. And, and you get a little closer to your mic, Ron. Yeah, it's, don't don't uh, wander away from the mic there because uh, I'm, I'm not there. You know, it's not the mic's not on. It's not being. It's not. Oh, it's, it, I can hear. <laughs> yeah. So we'll fix that during the break because we're going to a break. I'm okay. going to tell you what happened next is a miracle. A miracle occurred in my life that enabled us to finish the job. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're talking to Ron Cowgill about my barn of a house, and we will be right back. 
We continue to live in interesting and challenging times. As we've learned over the past few months, something as important as tree care can be made much more difficult by unexpected events like the COVID-19 pandemic. Bartlett Tree Experts understands that and has made safety their number one consideration. But that's not surprising because safety has always been their number one concern and will continue to be their concern as we move into the next phase of this crisis. Something else we've learned over this time is that people love their trees and from a safe distance have been eager to talk to Bartlett Arborist representatives, whether from the safety of their porch or through a window or over the phone. They also know that Bartlett can make outside areas safer from ticks, which are having a banner year thanks to a mild winter. Bottom line, the folks at Bartlett Tree Experts want to say thank you to their customers for loving their trees and understanding that every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. Joe's Blues brings Michigan's sweetest naturally grown pesticide-free blueberries to Chicago with 12 CSA drop-off sites in the area or get them at Chicago farmer's markets. Joe's Blues also sells zero and low-sugar blueberry preserves, pure-dried berries, 35% cream ice cream, moisturizing soap, and more. Sign up now for safe social distancing you-pick events this year. Go to joesblueberries.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at mikenovak.net. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. If you're looking for something to literally spice up a meal, look no further than Backyard Patch Herbs. They grow, harvest, dry, and blend their herb mixes. And they're chemical-free. No gluten, no salt, and no preservatives. Dips, dressings, rubs, cooking mixes, soup mixes, herbal teas, and more. Use the code MIKE10 and get 10% off your purchase. Go to BackyardPatch.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at MikeNovak.net. COVID-19 messed with a lot of things this year, but the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards still wants to see your garden. SEGA announces the 60-second Garden Video Challenge. Take your cell phone or camera out to your yard and show us in one creative minute why your garden is special. SEGA will post the videos on their YouTube page where viewers can vote for the best. Yes, there will be prizes. Go to chicagogardeningawards.com or click the logo at mikenovak.net. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook and YouTube at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike, at MikeNovak.net. We're also at TheGreenDivas.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on the Smart Talk Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up to get our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. First things first, I'm a craftsman. Craftsman. Remodeling is my only passion. It's my passion. And I'm the greatest in the business. Want referrals, yo? My clientele will bear you witness. Right, right. I can help when your door jam sticks. Huh? There is nothing in the world I can't fix. Yeah. I do tiles, I do stone, I do bricks. Call me, I'll come rushing over with my but bag no of tricks. Bag of tricks. Where you go when you're <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And you recognize that. I assume you've played that on your show once or twice. Oh, yeah. A couple, three times. Yeah. A couple, three times. There'll be another one you're going to recognize in the next coming out of the next break. Okay. Excellent. That is Ron, you know, and that's different. And I'll explain when we come out of the next break, why, why it's different with what you do and what I do here. (laughs) Right. Our our shows are different in in some ways. Um, Ron Cowgill from Mighty House Home Improvement Radio, also from DR Services Unlimited Inc. 
And I'm not even going to give that information, although you can find the link uh, at my blog. Uh, go to MikeNovak.net. But Ron says he's already booking eight months out, so he he doesn't need your your darn project okay if you if you're willing to wait we're willing to talk to you okay <laughs> but what? that's how we open every call is they start telling us what they want and i say well stop 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 just so you know we're six to eight months out do you still want to talk to me and you know some people do our, our existing client base they they understand that they've got to wait uh but newer people that that are you know they're tired of looking at their kitchen in this covid19 thing they're like i got to get this done now i'm tired of looking at it it needs to be done this month uh, sorry, we can't help you. It's just... I still got walls here that are not painted. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's gonna that's gonna be a while. I I know. Uh, and uh, one one thing I will say about Dr. and and what Ron does is you're you you do quality. That's the point. It's you're not you're not the cheapest. You're the best, uh, and you're fair about. Mm-hmm what you charge people. I think what, what you do is really fair. So if you want quality work, that's the guy. If you want down and dirty, don't go to Ron because that's not what you're going to get. We, uh, we show up when we say we're going to show up. We're yep. not there when we're not supposed to be there. That's a big and, issue in, the, in yes. the home improvement world is people just not even showing up. Mm-hmm. Or they show up that? unexpected. Well, not just home improvement, anything. Cable, this, that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess. But it's, I hear it especially with home improvement stuff. Uh, oh yeah yeah well the guy didn't show up on thursday and then he showed up on sunday and we don't know what the heck that was all about you know uh but at any rate so i was talking before the break um about a miracle that happened Uh, um and then a miracle occurred and then a miracle occurred and i'm trying to move this uh, (laughs) yes wave the magic (laughs) wand um it was something called the 606 bloomingdale trail neighborhood home improvement program um and it's a two-year pilot using a million dollars in in chicago from the city's affordable housing opportunity fund to help keep neighborhood families in their homes uh one of the sponsors of that was my alderman and i wrote on my blog 25th board no we're the 26th um so i'll have to fix that robert maldonado is our alderman and i'm going to take this opportunity to thank my alderman for letting us know about this program uh because kathleen and i thought you know we think we uh can apply and we think we qualify for Mm -hmm. it and the idea is that the the uh, you know, when the 606, which is uh, like the uh, High Line Trail in New York, it got built. And then suddenly all the property values in this area started shooting up. And that brought in all the predators uh, who are going to uh, scare you to death and say, you have to tear down your home and sell right now. Uh, and I don't know how they do that. And part, it, a lot of it's because there's some low income people here and their homes need uh, fixing and then the predators would say oh you're in violation of code we're going to have to do something about that uh and the aldermen and a couple of other aldermen who were behind this said we have to stop this so let's see if we can get some of these people to stay in their homes we want the families to stay in the neighborhood so they were giving out grants and this one in particular was twenty five thousand dollars now mm-hmm. a lot of people go say how did you a radio guy yeah i know right <laughs> Ron's do, doing a happy dance. How did the radio guy qualify for that? And Ron, you and I both know radio ain't what it used to be. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. I don't make any money in radio, okay? Right. So if this is like a charity operation. 
uh, on this show. I mean, I always called it a hobby. It was just, it was a, a very expensive hobby. That's all it was. Yeah, but I don't have a real business like you do. So to this support is, it. <laughs> this is my business, yeah, you know? So, uh, and so Kat, you get the home grant. Yeah. Well, we, we applied and we qualified and then they had a lottery and I went, oh, well, end of story. Guess what? They pulled our name out of a hat and, and we qualified for the money. So I immediately went, went to Ron and said, okay, let's do this. And you had a plan. Uh, you had something you wanted to prove, which is why you really wanted to work on my house. And what is it you wanted to prove? Well, they said, well, we're going to beautify the neighborhood. We're gonna, and, and we're going to put new siding on your house. And, and it was like, what are you going to do with siding? And oh, well, we'll put new windows in too. I was like, that's yeah, not going to do anything. Wrap it's the a- house in Tyvek and put on <laughs> aluminum siding. Exactly. Right. And, and, uh, and put some vinyl windows in. And so I was like, those are the worst things you could spend your money on. If you want people to stay in your home, let's reduce their energy bills. Mm-hmm. Because that's like, as you started out this segment was you were, you started out with a $600 heating bill. Right. In 2000, in the year 2000. So why don't we insulate this house properly? And, and then, and then we can put windows in. And the whole idea of this project was to be able to show that where should you put your money? Should you put it in siding? Well, we already know that's not going to save you any money. It might make the house look better. But yeah. um, do you put your money in windows first or should you insulate and air seal first? So what we did with this project is we air, air had we had already air sealed the attic mm-hmm. and, and we had already done the uh, insulation in the attic and we had already done the basement stuff. Right. So, uh, so those two projects were already had already been completed, but we had blower door numbers. And if you want to go into what a blower door is, real quick, it's just we just create negative air pressure, and we just just to see how many air changes per hour are running through your house. And I had had, and we've got less than a minute here before we break, but I had had a a blower test done in 2008. So we fortunately I found that information. So we had a baseline here, yes. which is yeah. so cool. Um, and that number was 14. What does yes. that mean, Ron, in about 20 seconds? For, uh, every, for every hour, all of the air in your home exchanges 14 times every hour. You're heating your house 14 times per hour to let that air escape. And then you're heating it all again. 14 sh- times Massive hour. air infiltration. What should, it be? what should it be? Yeah, three, four would be an <laughs> ideal all right. Well, you had fresh air. Put it that way. Where we started, we'll be. We have more with Ron Calgill when we come back. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. The folks at Prairie Fruits Farm and Creamery raise more than 100 goats on their Champaign, Illinois farm. The herd is pasture-based, the goat milk is seasonal, and they're animal welfare approved by A Greener World. They offer a wide range of fresh shove, including plain, herbs Provence, cracked peppercorn, and seasonal flavors. Try one of their exquisite bloomies or a goat milk feta. Go to prairiefruits.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at mikenovak.net. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. If you're an omnivore, there's an alternative to factory farmed meats. Cedar Valley Sustainable Farms CSA brings you beef, pork, chicken, and eggs, all raised humanely, drug and hormone free with respect for the earth and the animals. And since the start of the COVID-19 emergency, they've been doing non-contact pickup at delivery locations throughout the city and suburbs. Go to cedarvalleysustainable.com or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at mikenovak.net. 
Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but Summit Mosquito Dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. Just float an organic mosquito dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, mosquito dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. Yeah, that's one of the classics from uh, Mighty House Home Improvement Radio. Now, unlike you, here's the difference in our radio shows. You would play the whole damn song, okay? Sure. And what then the hell? Why not? And then sing along with it. Sure. And um, I'm not doing that because I don't want Facebook to come after me or the used tubes say, oh, you use that uh, music without our permission. And so, uh-huh. uh, and I'm... I just play a little bit of a little bit, and I, so I'm not going to even play all the stuff that are, is in the hardware store from uh, Weird Al Yankee. Right. So there you but go. But see, they they came after you. They didn't care about us. So they just let us do whatever we want. I don't know why they hate me. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Well, you call them out. You know. So if you call them out and call them face block, what do you expect? You know. <laughs> That's not even that mean. I haven't come up with anything mean enough yet. So it's okay. You're on their radar, brother. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that is Ron Calgill from Mighty House Home Improvement Radio and DR Services Unlimited Inc. And uh, we're talking about redoing my home, insulating my home with a grant from the city. And I want to thank the city of Chicago for that, for doing that. That's when government works when you can do stuff like that. And a lot of people complain and I complain about government a lot. Mm-hmm. And there we go. There's a there's a, a case in point where you can do the right thing as a government and help people out. And and I appreciated that. Well, and I, I think credit goes to Wallace for allowing us to do that because that wasn't the plan. And he listened to our plan and he said, sure, let's do it. Let's spend the money that way. So that's another he, shout let, out. he let us. Yeah. Another shout out to Wallace Brown. And Wallace Brown is uh, with I want to make sure I get the name of this. The uh, up, 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 up neighborhood housing services okay, okay. Uh, who uh, administered this and wallace was excellent he just yep. um you guys talked we talked and he went okay that makes sense let's do it because he thought it was going to be tyvek and inciting uh, inciting which uh, wouldn't have right. saved you a dime <laughs> <laughs> uh and so what we did is we started with yet another uh air blower test a blower door test correct um and um um we were monitoring the air changes per hour or ACH. And the one in 2008, as we mentioned, was 14. Correct. Well, after we did the, just the insulation in the attic and the basement ceiling, we did a test before you started doing the other insulation and it Correct. was down to 10. Correct. ACH. So we had a- accomplished a lot already. Just, I didn't think it was that much, but it, it but it was really. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so you looked at that and the next job was, okay, was what you've got to put, you said, let's put cellulose into the walls. Let's blow it in there. That's where we're going to start. Right. right. And we dense packed it. So we went around and we, with a thermal imaging gun on the inside, we could see where the studs were. 
and which were being filled and which ones weren't. And we were drilling holes and then blowing the insulation in there. And we were pack, dense packing it, which is you're packing it in real tight with a special blower that would actually, you know, really compact it in there. So Yeah, but 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 as you found out, you can't get one of those blowers no. uh, by renting them from a box store because no. their blowers stink. They're really <laughs> inefficient. No, 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 no. They blow, okay? <laughs> <laughs> they just don't blow they just don't blow insulation. That's that's the problem. <laughs> All right, moving right along here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you had to you finally got uh, a, a blower from a friend of yours yep um and uh i think uh and i've got his uh from Insight. That, that's, yeah that's joe from insight properties right and he had one that he was just using for uh testing and he would also have do training with it for for other companies so we borrowed his and that just made all the difference in the world and so we went around and kept uh using the thermal imaging gun inside while we were blowing from the outside and as you were filling everything up, you could see how those stud bays were actually starting to warm up. And, you know, then we come yeah, back it, the next morning and you'd be able to see if you missed one or if one mm -hmm. had wasn't quite filled, they could come back in and they could yeah. touch it up. So they would do, they would drill the outside and they had a, a drill. It was about four inches uh, wide, the opening and uh, put the hose in, blow in the cellulose. And then they come in the house and shoot the uh, imaging gun and see where it was still uh, too cold and then go back out and do it. And, and because this was in winter, you were doing this, it started in uh, December and went mm -hmm. through uh, beginning of February yep. uh, with a break for the holidays. Uh, it was cold enough where you could actually see the difference. Oh yeah, it was showing up. So we went around the whole house, dense packed everything. And then we, uh, once we thought we had it done, then we called uh, and had another blower door test done. And it, that's when we found the, um, I don't know what you want to call it, the wind tunnel that you had in your house, <laughs> I think is well, a wait, good description. We had, we, we had two things going on in yeah. rough, roughly the same area, which was amazing because when we were doing the, the door blower test, we were still getting breezes in the house. And we're like, where's, where's that coming from? Yeah. From well, your stairway. It was blowing my hair back on the stairway. I'd walk up and then my hair was also. Yeah. So you were you were probably getting actual circulation in the house of of air currents. No, no, no. This was sucking air in from outside through the framing. One was on the stairway wall. Um, there underneath some... the stairs. It was underneath yeah. the stairs. We had to break through the wall in the hallway to yep. go in, to go looking for it, and we found that there was a hole in the wall that went to the outside. Now there wasn't like a, a, it was, it went right. There was no wall there. The, all there was, was the siding, the wood yep. siding. So we had nothing there except the wood siding from the outside. Well, no wonder the house was freezing. You just say, how did that happen? Yeah. And then so we, we cut the, and then the closet underneath the stairs, we cut that open. And that too, we found there was through the framing chase that went, through the through the middle of the house and then up the wall and out into the attic over the back kitchen, which is a single story. Their main part of the house is two story. And once we found that, we were able to go out into the attic. And then even though that was already blown in and had insulation in it, it was still mm -hmm. able to suck all that air in. So we went through and blocked off all those areas so that that way it, it, we could stop the air from coming in that way. Then yeah. we did another blower door test again. Um, and then now we were nitpicking at caulking and, you know, just doing little things around the house to, to try and tighten it up a little bit more, which so, ended up pretty good. And, and then that brought us down to what, what do you have there? Uh, Mike? So we did a, another blower door blower test and um, you know, we weren't sure whether we wanted to add that to, and I said, 
yes, I'll pay for it. Let's, I just really want to see mm-hmm. this. Yeah. I paid for at least one of those. And uh, after we did the dense packed cellulose, we, we went, so remember at in 2008, it was 14 ACH. Uh, after we did the air sealing in the basement and the attic, it was 10 ACH. After we did the packed cellulose, it was down to 7.1 ACH. So we had knocked it in half yes. uh, by this point. Yes. Um, and then uh, when you were done with that, you did the windows. And right. Ron said, we're going to do all of them. <laughs> I said, yeah. Are you sure? He yeah. Said, yeah, we're doing all of them. And why did you want to do all of them, Ron? Well, some of them were... From the original house, they were 130 years old. Some had been <laughs> replaced at some points. Uh, and all of them, the weather, you know, the weather stripping and stuff, they were all just really bad. And they're all uh, single pane. All single pane with storm windows and stuff like that. So, yeah. but the whole point of doing all this in these steps was to prove that you're going to get your money's money back by doing air sealing and insulation more mm-hmm. than you are putting in windows. And, and that was really the whole point of this experiment was to do all this other stuff first and then do the windows. So that it'd be really easy to tell how much replacing the windows would save you. Mm-hmm. And so by doing all the windows, you know, Mike wanted to do like, I don't know what he, he wanted to do. Eight. Eight or nine. And there was 14. I said, screw it. Let's just do them all. <laughs> so that's what we did. There were actually 28. 28. Yeah. Right. All right. So I, I was trying to figure out what my budget was. Uh, but Ron said, no, let's do them all. So you put in the windows. And remember, after the dense pack cellulose insulation, the door blower test gave us a 7.1 ACH. Right. You put in the windows, it went down all the way to 6.6, which is half, <laughs> half a point yes. uh, after that. Yeah. And what we replaced all the sashes, we insulated all the jams with foam mm-hmm. insulation, and then we put, we, we caulked and sealed the new windows in place. So it's, we, you know, we didn't just pull the sashes out and replace the windows we air sealed and, and caulked yeah. everything when we but did you that. still only got it down a half a point correct and and the and this is where you proved your point ron which is you know and as you you say and uh, i've known for years the the window guys they're they're going to tell you that the only way you can fix your home and insulate it properly is put in windows and you just did ours and the windows were like icing on the cake but they weren't a huge part of it correct now, for, for uh, sound deadening, things like that, those new windows are going to make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, for drafts, you might have some drafts, but, you know, if you've got old windows and you've got storms on there, that they really do a pretty good job. And if you just uh, clean them up and make sure they lock properly, they're going to perform pretty well, even if they're 100 years old. So, you know, that, and I think that's really the key. And that was part of the point was put your money, if you've got money and you want to save it, put it into your insulation, put it into air sealing. That's where you're going to get your most bang for your buck. And I can't tell you the difference here. I mean, it is so quiet in this house. Even the 4th of July with all the fireworks, we were looking at each other and going, that's not so bad. The cat did not run <laughs> under the couch. I mean, it was, and, and in general, it's a truck just went by now. I can't hear it. It's, it's amazing. The, the difference. Uh, and, and of course I can't wait. I, for a year now so i can see what the energy costs are and how they've gone down but so far even in february once we weren't even done we were cutting your heating bills in half yeah at that point you were uh and and the cooling is i'm saving on that too because i'm sure it's amazing so unfortunately 
We're out of time here, Ron. You know how radio works. <laughs> yep. Uh, Ron, thank you so much for all the work. You've changed my life once again. Excellent. Um, and uh, and I and folks, I, if you listen to this, take Ron's advice and and look at the insulation before you do the windows and see what you can accomplish. That's right. Uh-huh. And someday we'll have a video out of this. We shot it all. I know. But- you, we have thousands of photos. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Ron Calgill. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Rick DeMaio weather coming up. You can stick around for that if you want, Ron. I don't care. There you go. Welcome to Keep Eating Healthy. Our friends at Eden Place Farms are offering affordable local CSA shares with a twist. You pay for these organically grown boxes of vegetables each week as you receive them. You can skip deliveries without penalty and even get custom orders to eliminate allergens and unwanted items. Best of all, you're supporting a Chicago-based operation whose goal is to provide affordable, high-quality organic produce to the region. Go to EdenPlaceFarms.org or click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at MikeNovak.net. Since 2001, DiveHeart has been revolutionizing rehabilitation using zero gravity and scuba therapy to give confidence, independence, self-esteem, and yes, freedom to children, veterans, and others with disabilities. At DiveHeart, we believe in the power of partnership because together we can do great things. Let DiveHeart help you imagine the possibilities in your life. Go to DiveHeart.org to learn more. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Sound red alert. Shields up. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, author of my favorite children's stories. Captain, I am attempting to access a copy of the masterpiece. Hmm, it seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. 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 Yes, Mr. Watt. Yes, Captain. AroundTheBlockPress.com. How many times can I say it? Na, 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 just a boring square. I wish I was a pentagon, but I am just a square. I wish I was a pentagon, but I am just a square. My sides equal four, but if I had one more, I'd be a pentagon and not a square. There you go. The, the, the Polygon song by Peter Weatherall. I, I, more, more kids. He's like really sophisticated kids stuff. And, and that applies to Ron Cowgill and uh, meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Good morning, Rick. Yeah, good morning, Mike and Peg. And good morning, Ron. Hey, how you doing, Rick? Did you get I'm to doing hear? I'm fine. I'm actually in southern Wisconsin with a little bit of sun just to the north of us while our. Uh, Neighbors across the south and southwest suburbs getting absolutely pounded right now. Uh, Storm Prediction Center actually issued a severe thunderstorm watch, which includes parts of Cook County. But it's mainly areas east and south along probably I-88. But, boy, there's another band of very, very heavy rain now moving into the western suburbs, which um, could actually clip uh, most of the south part of the city up until about the noon to maybe 12:30 time frame. So even though it didn't rain much overnight from the city on north, 
somewhere in the neighborhood of two to three inches of rain could come down between what has been raining for the last two hours and for the next two hours. So um, feast or famine from a standpoint of how this weather system has basically transpired from a hot, humid day on Saturday to kind of a cloudy, humid day on Sunday. Yeah, you sent uh, uh, a, a an advisory to me yesterday, which was very, very interesting about how the temperatures, uh, they were declaring an advisory, even though it was only one day because of how high the heat indices mm-hmm. were going to get. Yeah, you know, typically when you have um, 100 to about 105 for three consecutive days, uh, that's heat advisory for northern Illinois. For Florida, it's normal. <laughs> Uh, when you have a heat advisory or heat index of 105 for two days, um, you have a heat advisory. But when you have a heat index between 105 and 110, even if it's for 12 hours, they'll they'll issue a heat advisory. Um, but even even then, we were kind of just barely on the cusp of it. Um, yeah. And with that cloud cover that came in early in the morning, or I'd say early in the afternoon, even had a couple of light showers, even had a you know, rogue severe thunderstorm out across DeKalb County. We probably didn't really verify from a weather service standpoint, you know, because they have to go back and, and grade how well they did. But, man, if you were out and about between about 6 o'clock and midnight last night, that's about as humid as you'll you'll ever see around here. I mean, we had dew points easily into the upper 70s and low 80s and, you know, at areas that are more adjacent to cornfields, there were some dew point temperatures that were up to almost 82 degrees. And that is wow. just uh, probably somewhere, yeah, in the top 0.5 percentile. And those dew points are higher than what you get down in Houston, Mobile, and much of the Florida panhandle. And we've mentioned this before. It's all due to the fact that this time of the year, the corn is pulling a lot of water out of the ground and putting it right back into the atmosphere. Uh, and it's not just the corn, isn't it? The soybeans as well. I mean, isn't it just all of those crops? Yeah, but soybeans. I mean, the, the amount of biomass that they actually, you know, have compared to corn is is probably two percent of what corn does. Corn puts much, much more moisture back into the atmosphere. Um, and when you look at what we planted this year compared to last year, uh, it's about I think a eight to ten percent increase. Uh, of what we have in the last year, we had a terrible crop. Yeah, um, Illinois was way up we, on those maps you uh, sent. Yeah, yeah, and those are really interesting maps, Peg, because they're, they're not only good maps to show you uh, what we were the year before, but it also shows you what we were hoping to get in and what we eventually got in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so clearly this year it was the pandemic, which probably held back uh, a lot of the farmers from getting in what they wanted to. Uh, but, man, when you can get 11 million acres of corn into the state of Illinois, <laughs> it's, it's a shock for many people who live in Chicago and never venture out into the farmland. You go, holy smoke, most of the state is farmland. Very little of it is actually urban. Yeah, you know, you know it. If you if you drive into Springfield, you <laughs> you you see the cornfields. That's that's for sure. Uh, so. Here we are um, getting pounded today, but uh, it's also going to be a humid day today. How, what are we looking like going forward here? You know what? Um, interesting to, to note that the pattern is not really changing too much 
on a large scale level. There's mm-hmm. just little kind of details on the northern edge of this heat dome, and we're right on that northern edge. So we're going to stay warm. We're going to stay humid um, for the rest of the week, meaning that, you know, temperatures, mid-80s, dew points, probably in the low 70s. We're never going to really dry out too much. I mean, this is the middle of summer. This is like, you know, people complaining that it's cold and snowy in the middle of January. I'm like, deal with it. It's northern Illinois. Um, This is what we wait for in the middle of January. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but absolutely right, Peg. But when you start to get, you know, three, four, or five days of it in a row, even when we were, um, you know, hot early last week with temperatures in the mid-90s, the dew points never really got out of the mid-60s. But, boy, Mm -hmm. once you get into that mid-70 range, everything changes. You know, uncomfortableness changes. You know, how much you're using your air conditioner changes. And the good news, Mike, to answer your question is I don't see anything returning of any extreme heat or any humidity probably until next weekend. And even then, the models two or three times have been hinting at this large heat dome kind of settling in over us. And every time it tries to settle in over us, it gets kind of peppered with some thunderstorms and then pushed down, you know, to the south of again. So as long as you still keep having somewhat of that, you know, that kind of fulcrum basically right over northern Illinois, the best two-week forecast is, you know, two to three inches of rain, you know, Mm -hmm. mid-80s, somewhat high humidity, but definitely nothing like what they're getting uh, in parts of like the southern Midwest where it's not only hot and humid, but they're also not getting the relief from the rain. Ah, yeah. So, uh, as you say, we're on the northern edge, which means, and it also, I guess, means that uh, uh, we get a little variety here. Sometimes we get the heat and sometimes we get a little bit of rain. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, yesterday they were playing golf in Columbus at the Memorial with heat index values up around 98 or 99. Today, they got to be finishing that round in 105 to 110. Wow. And you think about how those golfers feel after about walking, you know, four hours in that. It's like a death march. Uh, but the bottom <laughs> line is the corn is good, uh, rated at 62%, fair to excellent. Across the state last year was only about 42%. All right, give us a quick forecast. Okay, so kind of putting it in detail, uh, again, severe thunderstorm watch, mainly to the south of us today. We still have the heavy rain out to the west of us. After that, it looks dry tomorrow, dry on Monday, or dry on Tuesday, dry on Wednesday, and maybe some more rain by the middle of the week. Overall, one to two inches the next seven days, and temperatures averaging about two to four degrees above normal. All right. Thanks, Rick. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, Sounds thanks, good. Mike. Take care, guys. Thanks, Rick. All right. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks, Mike Novak. Uh, and uh, Ron Caldill and everybody who was on the show today. Until next time, go green or go home. Go home. Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.